Hey everyone, and welcome to the Yes I Can podcast, where our mission is to inspire and empower you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. I'm your host, Paul Can, and every week we are going to share amazing stories, strategies, and coaching to help you break through your limiting beliefs and supercharge your greatest superpower, the power of you. Your best life awaits. Let's go. This episode is sponsored by Soul Sister, a company that creates hand-sewn inspirational clothing and products for everyone. What I love about them is their products embody authenticity. Each of their creations is different, and when it comes to designs and fabrics, they can create something that uniquely reflects you or your loved ones. And their mission is to live in a world with zero landfill fabric waste, and they source landfill fabrics from around the world and transform them into something beautiful. It's also founded by my amazing friend, Sean Create Parody, who's an incredible human being with a heart of gold. And I've seen her turn old keepsakes, jerseys, meaningful clothing items into a -a one-of-a-kind quilt. And in an age where most of our gifts come mass-produced, you just can't get more meaningful and unique gifts than that. So go check them out at www.soulsister.com, spelled S-E-W-L sister.com. Let's support our local businesses. Plus, with each purchase, you'll support organizations that assist with moving victims out of human trafficking. Soul Sister teaches sewing in local communities to those affected by human trafficking, empowering them to create beauty again. So once again, go check them out at www.soulsister.com, S-E-W-L sister.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Yes, I Can podcast, where our goal is to empower and inspire you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Paul Can, and I am so excited to have you. I am pumped about our conversation today with our expert. She is not only has an amazing story, she's up to some amazing things and completely speaks my language around authenticity. And I'm just really excited for this conversation today. And so our guest today is a global visionary leader. She's an entrepreneur. She's an investor. She's a powerful keynote speaker. She's the author of the book, Productive Intuition. And she's a stand for authenticity and powerfully inspires others to discover their authority through authenticity. Now she's had Um, over 20 years um, in terms of globally in her career. Um, She is a former fintech and real estate exec. And one of her keynote speeches went viral on Goldcast with over 35 million views, over 250,000 plus shares. Um, And you know what? The beautiful thing about her story is that even though everything looks amazing, the powerful thing about her journey is not only um, where she is right now, but also where she started and the journey that led her here. And, you know, so on the outside, when everything was just looking amazing with, um, you know, with her going viral, um, you know, there was so many things that looked like it couldn't have been better, but yet behind the scenes, she faced this whole new world of criticism that came with this newfound fame. And so stepping back from what she had created, she went in, she went in to do the inner work and transformed her life, really finding her deeper purpose. Mm -hmm. And now she um, inspires others to connect to their own inner authority and create a meaningful impact as awakened leaders. So please help me in welcoming Ada Pia DeRico. Ada Pia, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so (laughs) excited to have you. 
Oh, Paul, thank you. What an amazing introduction. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And you know what? I mean, if anything, I'd, I'd got to shorten things because you're up to so many amazing things. I know right yeah. before we, we pressed record, you're like, there's not so many amazing things. I'm not that exciting, but you really are. And, and yeah. I think that's really worth celebrating. So thank you for, for joining us today. And I'm, I'm just excited to have you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. And it's always great, um, you know, to connect with other people like you that are just like, you know, that word authenticity, because I feel like it's, it's overused a lot. It's like inauthentic in its use so much. It becomes like a buzz term. And then you meet people like you that dude, you just live it and you are it. Um, and, and I love that because to me that like, that's the point, like authenticity isn't necessarily positivity. It's just, this is who I am. And I know myself really well. And I know how to show up for myself too. Um, and, and that means like in any situation, I'm, I'm okay to be me. And I'm also like, okay to feel the emotions that I'm feeling and not hide them. And this mm-hmm. is like, you know, a lifetime, which I'm still undoing. Um, cause it comes more naturally to like, to just like put on the mask and say, Oh, mm, I'm okay. Nothing's wrong. And, and then really the authentic answer is like, actually, you know what, I'm not doing that great today. Um, but you know, thanks for asking. And you know, that this is where I'm at and just showing up for yourself like that too. Like that's also authentic. Absolutely. I love that you brought that up because often I think there's also this viewpoint of like authenticity is like Lady Gaga. Like you got to be outrageous. (laughs) got to have like, like, I remember I I did this um, seven day challenge. I was invited to be on someone else's challenge and I was doing this piece on authenticity and there was people that just kind of were um, sharing with me what they were created. And this one person um, shared with me this picture of her with a horse head on. And she's like, talk about authenticity. I'm like, that isn't exactly yeah. the only thing of what authenticity is. You don't have to be crazy and outrageous. Authenticity right. can be quiet. Authenticity can be subtle. Authenticity yeah. is actually just about you being so comfortable in your own skin with who you are and being really grounded, like you said, yeah. in whether you're doing great or not doing great and being willing to really be open and authentic and vulnerable about where you're at. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because I do agree that authenticity is a buzzword right now. And I think Mm -hmm. there is true authenticity, authenticity that works. And then there is almost this like trying to be authentic type of authenticity, a surface level authenticity that is actually at the core of it inauthentic. Yeah. It's like performative authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's, it is, it becomes a performance and maybe like that's the first place people go because they've been so almost like repressed, like, Oh, like I can't show my fun side. Cause for a lot of people, I think that's the thing. They're like, I actually have a fun side. Like I have a really like fun side. Um, it's not really the part of me that most people like know, unless they know me really well, like, uh, like the sense of humor, like the goofiness. And, um, and so like, I think that's what happens. Like we tend to go to the opposite extreme first because it, it feels like we haven't been allowed to, or we haven't given ourselves permission to, um, and then it's kind of like the elastic, right? Like you pull it like really wide and then you just kind of bring it back into mm. like, into stasis. And you're like, okay, well, I don't always have to, you know, have to be that, but, but yeah, it's, it's really important to know. And actually one thing that I found too, like regarding the joy and like, maybe like the outrageous, like the fun thing, the fun, the fun part of us is that the more we actually get in touch with true authenticity, the more naturally that joy actually comes through. So 
it's almost like a natural byproduct of doing the inner work to find mm-hmm. that authentic essence. And then you find yourself more joyful because you're not trying to like have all the masks on and all the identities and all the roles. And you're just like, Oh, I'm just comfortable being me. And then somehow that, that joy, it just naturally comes forward in its own way um, Mm -hmm. rather than it needing to be, let's say like performed. Yeah. And I think also we have this idea around what happiness looks like, Mm -hmm. what joy looks like, like in terms of just being lit up, jumping out of bed and just so excited (laughs) that kind of like, you know, yeah. morning of Christmas type joy. And right. I think that joy also, it, like you said, it also comes in different forms as well. And it can be really subtle sometimes around just being okay with where you're at and finding this like sense of a different type of peace of joy in the space that you're in, I think is also really important to recognize. And I love that you said that just once you're authentic, it just kind of comes naturally because you let go of the baggage of needing to prove anything or be anything other than who you are. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, one part that I love, you know, just as we're talking about authenticity is I love how authentic you are about sharing your story, where you came from. And I was listening to one of your keynote speeches around um, kind of the authority through authenticity. And you talked about what we think entrepreneurship looks like sometimes and the reality of entrepreneurship. And I love that because often it's this like, you know, I love what you said when you were saying how often we feel like this gold standard is like, you leave what you're up to. You're going to create bigger and better things. You're going to be like, you'd be on Oprah. You're going to have all this fame and you're going to be on stages and it's going to be amazing. But often it doesn't really look like that. Often it is this like kind of, trying to figure things out, almost like crashing and burning at different times. It's a lot of really getting to know yourself and figuring out like, is this really for me? There's a lot of dark nights of the soul. I know I have certainly in many months where it's like, I don't know how the heck I'm going to pay rent next month, but you know, here I am right now. And I guess I get to figure it out. And it is so uncomfortable and it is not glamorous at times. And there are also times where I love what you said about letting the ego go because maybe entrepreneurship isn't for you and that's okay. And I think there is this mentality or thought process around what it's supposed to look like and just continuing to go down the rabbit hole of like feeling like it has to look a certain way. And I got to make this work because I almost have something to prove. And I love how authentic you were with us. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, what, what were the big ahas and the breakthroughs for you along Mm -hmm. that journey? Because you were extremely successful at what you were doing before (laughs) the journey looked totally different. And I think especially for people right now where they are looking to pivot into being an entrepreneur or possibly leaving their job, kind of authentically what that experience has been for you and like what you learned out of that, that has been your biggest breakthrough. Yeah. And like, I laugh about it now, but back then I just, you know, was, it was not funny, but like, I can laugh about it now because (laughs) it literally, like it literally was like, I'm going to follow my passion and I'm going to leave corporate. And I'm going to like leave like the pinnacle of my career that I started when I was 18. I was Mm. 38 at this point. I'm like 20 years in and I'm like, I hit the pinnacle. And then I, like, I left, I had this big inspiration. I, I kind of like woke up to like, I, I, it just had this like, just crazy, like intense, like I can't be in 
this world anymore. Um, and there's like a big spiritual underpinning to all of this. And I think a lot of people feel this when they start to kind of like wake up to like, you know, not necessarily like a spiritual awakening, but you just kind of wake up and you're like, I don't know if I want to have a job anymore. And then there's so much romanticism mm. around entrepreneurship and around following your passions. And there's a, amazing success stories and there's a lot of them. And we see those 99% of the time, but they're probably, you know, the Pareto principle, probably 20%, right. And 80% fail. Um, cause like what 95% of small businesses, you know, fail pre pandemic. I don't know what it is after the pandemic, but regardless, so we get all this like romanticized idea. And especially because we feel like, you know, I'm following my heart finally, you know, and that was me. I was like, I'm going to do, um, you know, the me too movement had just started. I was so, I was like, I'm going to do more with like my experience as a successful executive and my heart is in the right place. And, and like, and I got a really good start and, <laughs> and then it just, it just did not work. Like, and it's interesting in, in hindsight. And when I really went in and did the work, because I was like, why isn't this working? Like it's supposed to work. I know what to do. I was a CMO. I know marketing. I know branding. I like, I'm a writer. I can do all of this. Like I had a couple coaching clients and then it just, it just like fizzled all, like it just wasn't, you know, it, it didn't work and especially not financially. And that was really hard for me. And there's a few things that I learned from, from that perspective. And I had been an entrepreneur for a long time. Like I, I launched a company, um, with my sister, uh, during the, um, you know, the crisis in 2008, it was like a, we turned her, her art into like a global art licensing brand. And, you know, I helped launch real estate crowdfunding and like, i I had been an entrepreneur, but never a solopreneur. Mm. Uh, never just me on my own. And, you know, I kind of thought like, you know, it's my time I'm going to do this. And then just nothing doesn't matter what it was, wasn't working. And so I really had to understand not why it wasn't working. Cause that wasn't the point. It just wasn't working. And so what it actually ended up being was an exploration of what my values were and what was actually really important to me. And I realized that, I didn't want to be a solo entrepreneur. I realized that like I wanted business partners, like I wanted somebody to do something with. And that was more of what I was looking for was a collaboration rather than doing something on my own. And like, let, let's say having an assistant or a VA. And I remember being in my, in my kitchen and I was so upset because, um, you know, one of my, my coaching clients wasn't paying and I had a house under construction. I didn't have the income that I had before. So, you know, and I was the, the main bread earner, um, out of my husband and I, and, and it was, the money wasn't coming in. So I was freaking out all this stuff going on. And I just remember getting really mad, um, and just kind of like shaking my fist, like shaking my fist at the universe and just, just crying and being really upset and just, and I blurted something that I didn't know what was coming when I did this. Cause I was in such a state where I was just like, all I want are partners who want me to be myself, who value me for what I'm really good at. And I remember this cause it just came out of my mouth and it was so real to me. And that was like a moment where I, where I realized I was like, Oh, I actually also really like the business that I was in 
it wasn't bad to be in finance. It wasn't bad. Like I had like, I had told myself this whole story around the world that I left to make myself feel better about what I was about to do. Right. So this is, again, it's how we position ourselves with like ego and an intention. Um, and I realized I did that too. So I put myself in a situation where I put my own back up against a wall because I told myself you can't go back. And so um, what, what, what actually really happened was kind of magical. And three days later, I got a call from, um, a private equity group that I had known for a few years. Like I was actually kind of informally advising them had, um, you know, had, um, referred them to some clients, helped them out here and there always really loved them. And, you know, basically like long story short, they, they, they basically said, you know, we want you to come on as a partner if you're available out of the blue, mm. like so left field that when, um, when I met, you know, when I met with, um, his name's Fark. So he's my, my business partner now. Um, he came to LA and, and we were having this conversation and he said, he literally said at some point, he said, I was sent to hire you like sent. And, and I'm just like, I don't, and I, in my own head, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, this is, this is the craziest thing. Um, so, you know, a few months later, like we talked it all out and actually that was a really important experience also because for the first time in my career, in my life, my adult life with work, I really set down for myself, my own boundaries with them. And I said, here are the things that happened before that didn't work where, um, you know, um, for whatever reason, and it didn't work. And I had a really bad experience because of it. Here's how I want to perform this role. Here's what I'm good at. Here's what I want to do. And by the way, I also do some of my own personal work. Like I'm still, you know, I, I wasn't going to fully give up on speaking and, you know, writing and doing these things that truly were a passion for me and they were on board, you know, and, and they agreed. And so I found alignment with them because I spoke up for myself mm. without fear of them saying no or what have you. So it was just this big all around experience of um, doing a very, quite a simple exercise of what are your values and standing up for your values and asking for what you want and um, not financially, but for, for what you're worth. Cause it's not just a financial thing, but like, here's what I'm worth as a person, as a partner, here's what I'm going to bring. Um, here's what I want to do. And I, I kind of went into it, like, just like, you know, really just like open like that. And, you know, it's been like the best thing for, it's been almost three years now. I can't ask for better partners. Um, love the business. We've been like doubling every year, just you know, just amazing. And I'm back in finance and I'm like, you know what? I actually really like finance <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I love what you just shared. And I think it's so powerful because I think there are so many things that you brought up that I think are really important to note. And one is that it may look different than what you expect. And if we are attached to how we think it needs to look, we're going to miss out on the opportunities for where we're supposed to go. And I think with a lot of entrepreneurs and I've been there myself, and I actually love the story you brought up because funny enough, I'm, I'm kind of in a similar place as you right now, where things like that are kind of coming up. And 
I think there is something that's really important to note there that our ego often gets in the way of things like we got to do it on our own. I got to build something under my name. I can't go back to where I came from. And I also had similar experiences as you as feeling the shame of, I can't go back to corporate because, you know, I thought I was going to leave it for good. And that's what I told people. And like feeling this sense of failure and shame around that. And I think people don't really talk very much about it because there is this misconception and I think it is talked about in a way that I think it it, it doesn't get to what's underneath, which is this whole, if you don't work hard for your own dreams and you're going to be busy working hard for other people's and it places almost the shame on, if you don't do it yourself, then you're not enough. Like you're, you're not being like, you know, the, 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 the Gary V out there, the Tony Robbins out there, you're a failure because you didn't go all the way and where are you not willing to go? And I love how you brought up how there can be different things that work for different people, including yourself. And there's no right or wrong around it. And you get to be honest with yourself about what works and what doesn't work. Because if not, you're going to keep yourself in a rut for so long with your head in the sand that you're going to completely miss out on incredible opportunities where you can have, like you said, what you want, as long as you're willing to ask for it, as willing as you're open to seeing what other possibilities can be out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's all about being like really honest with ourselves, like admitting it. Like it's like you said, like the ego is just like, oh no, 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 no. Shame, shame, shame. Right. Um, like shame and silence are co-conspirators in our suffering. And we, we put ourselves in that own prison all by ourselves. Right. And so we're the only ones that can also take ourselves out of that by like stating our needs and, Um, That starts with like with ourselves and, you know, and it's hard because we get bombarded, right? Like, um, you know, we were talking like before the show, how I've started to like do stuff on clubhouse because I'm like getting on there and, you know, you look at people's bios and the ones that are like, you know, in the most popular rooms, like obviously like they're big speakers and stuff like that. And and it's just like, (laughs) it was on there yesterday and this guy's like seven figure coaching dude. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, I I don't have a course. Like he's like a coach course made seven or eight figures or whatever it is that he's made. And, and just like, I'm like, I haven't made seven figures. I don't even have a course. Maybe I should have a course. Cause I have a book and I haven't done this. And the, and it just, the voice starts. It's like this psychopath in my head. And I'm like, man, like you got to stop because that's not what you focus. It's not what you said you were going to focus on this year, but it's so easy to get distracted by what appear to be somebody else's successes. Mm. Um, and especially if they're like in sales and they can do a really good job or like sales and branding, right. They're just like, Oh, look how successful I am. Um, and I'm sure I look really successful too. And I feel successful, but there's all kinds of things that I haven't yet achieved. And I, I do realize so much, um, that it it really comes down to a level of where I place my focus and the, I guess the quality of how I, um, I look at something like I can look at this person and I can feel like, Oh, I'm not successful like this person, or I can look at this person and say, he's really good at what he does. Good for him. Not my thing. I'm going to go back into my thing that I'm really good at and focus on staying really good at what I'm good at. Instead of like, maybe I should do, maybe I'm, should be successful in all these other ways. And that's a personal thing for me. I don't know if a lot of people have that, but, um, 
you know, I've always been like very a type, very driven, um, you know, ever since I was like a little girl, like I'm, you know, I'm the kid that always did well in school, wanted to please her parents, wanted to please the teachers. And, you know, so it, it took me like, you know, until my thirties to really break out of living for other people. Um, and, um, and so when I get on stage, when I have had the opportunity to like get on stage and tell my stories, um, you know, I talk really openly about those things because not very many people do. Uh, and I think it's really important that we all see ourselves as equals in the sense that we all face very, very similar, um, emotions. Uh, you know, we go through a lot of the same things. They just look different on, you know, on the outside. Um, and so for whatever reason, those are the stories that I tell. Um, I don't know why, like, they're just the stories that I tell and that come through. Um, and I know that, I know that even in my telling my stories, they've healed me and I know that they've helped a lot of other people. And even with that all said, you know, I, I don't really get paid for the speaking. Not yet. 2020 was supposed to be like, oh, I can finally like do some paid speaking. Hopefully then the pandemic hit doesn't matter. Um, but I got to write my book. So, you know, so it can look like a lot of things, but the, the, the truth is not always what, what you see, definitely not what you see. Mm. And I think a big part of what I'm hearing from you trusting yourself in the path that you're going down and even when you see other people doing their thing to trust yourself where you're at i think really comes down to really getting to know yourself and i think that's where the authenticity piece is so important because you can't be authentic you can't trust yourself if you don't know yourself if you don't really know what's your truth and i think often we are so busy focusing out on mm -hmm. what everyone else is doing i think we see an ad every time we go on youtube about some guy that is making seven eight <laughs> figures with an online course or doing whatever kind of funnel and whatever kind of strategy and then we start questioning mm -hmm. ourselves around am i yeah. doing the right thing i should be doing what he's doing like you said but I think the first step to even going to a place of do, am, am I in the right lane is getting to know who am I in this lane? Like who Definitely. am I where I'm at right now? And I think yeah. that's so powerful because that's going to be your guiding compass is to be really true to you, but you got to get to know you best. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's always like when in doubt, go inside. <laughs> like when you're freaking out, just like turn within and, and just, and just like, you know, it, it's a reorientation from external validation to internal and just go back in and like, check in with yourself. Is that really what I want? Is that really what's valuable to me? Like I do a lot of it through journaling. Like I just like, that's just a, like a really easy way for me. Like some people do it through art, you know, different things for me. Like, um, it's very much through journaling, but yeah, it, it is. You can't, you can't do much on the outside if you don't know who you are on the inside. So my default is, especially when my head starts to spin out, which is more uh, exacerbated if I'm tired or stressed or, you know, overwhelmed is really just like, is really just coming back to myself and just checking in with myself. Um, and also not making any rash decisions until I've checked in with myself. Mm, yeah. And I, I love that you talk about how you do spend time with yourself and checking in with yourself and hearing your voice. And I think what's, most challenging is when 
around us is really noisy. Like there's a lot of other opinions and other things. And what I find very fascinating about your story is the backstory behind your story around um, when you went viral. Mm-hmm. And I found that so fascinating because I think often we think, man, like if only I can go viral, if only my work can go viral, everything would be amazing. And that was, I think, a, a very powerful experience for you when you went through that because it was very different. And it, I think, gave you the opportunity to really look within. And I think that's what we find most challenging is fight and is being in that noise of when there is criticism, when there are other people saying all these other things about you really going in and and wondering like, who am I? Is this really me? And questioning all the things. So tell us a little bit more about that journey that you went through um, of, you know, when your, when your, your speech went viral and kind of the story behind it and, and, you know, what was the breakthrough and, and the journey that it led you to? Yeah. So, um, so back, you know, during this, like, I'm going to be a coach, I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to do like the non, the non-corporate thing. Um, I was connected to somebody who was putting on an event, um, and she was looking for, for speakers, but not like these established speakers with their, with their stick. But you know, the, the event was called truth telling for truth seekers. And so she and I really connected and she said, I would like you to be, you know, a, like a speaker, help me organize it, like, et cetera. And so I got up on stage uh, in front of, in, in a 1400 person theater in Los Angeles. First time I've ever given this kind of a, it's like a Ted style keynote. And I told the story of um, this, this big moment of realization that I had when I left my first marriage, um, which was back in 2011. And so I gave the speech in, in 2018. And so I tell the story from the perspective of everything that I had learned about not trusting myself about how I didn't listen to my heart when, you know, at the age of 23, I said yes. And I really should have said no. I really should have said no. But I stayed in that marriage for nine years because I tried to make it work because you're supposed to, because all the things that we tell ourselves. And I had this, you know, picture perfect life on the outside. Nobody could ever know. They would never know what was wrong. And it, and it was just incompatibility. It wasn't like abuse. It wasn't anything like, you know, bad like that. It just was like, it was just not, not a good, not a good match on so many levels. And I was miserable and it's when I became anorexic and like uh, my body dysmorphia started so many things that I learned. And it was just because I didn't, I didn't trust my heart. And so I tell the story, you know, in 20 minutes, tell the story of these realizations of, you know, like kind of like coming home to myself and even like coming home to my father, who was the one person I never wanted to tell that, that I was going to get a divorce. Right. There's like so much, so many cultural things with it too, because this all takes place in Italy and so many things. So, but the point of the story was I just got hit by, I just got cracked open from almost like a lightning strike to the soul where I realized like, I just, I can't be in this anymore. And so I, you know, we ended up, you know, I ended up leaving and, and I tell this story from this perspective of like how we try to keep a picture perfect life for others and we're suffering and we're suffering and we're suffering and like shame, so much shame. Um, so I gave that speech on stage and it was, um, you know, beautifully produced in film. And a few months later, nothing really came of it. (laughs) Nothing really came of it because, you know, um, this is not how it works. And, but a few months later, Goalcast contacts me 
And um, they said, hey, we found your video on this YouTube channel. So not even mine, because I don't have a YouTube channel. Um, and they were like, we would really like to turn that into one of our motivational videos. And, you know, they're well-known, pretty well-known as like doing those little motivational videos with um, footage and music and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Maybe this, and like, I literally, like, <laughs> I literally was like, oh, maybe this will help me like pop and get big and, you know, do the things that I hadn't been able to do before. And, you know, and like, this is late 2018. And so at this point I had, you know, I had joined that private equity firm and I had just, you know, was kind of getting started. So in January of 2019, um, the video went live. I didn't see it before it went live. I didn't get to edit it. I didn't get, and that's by design, of course, because they want creative control. It was like their thing. So I learned a lot about creative control. The first thing that I knew about this video having come out was that I got a random DM in on a Facebook page that I, that I had. And it said, um, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're a fraud and a fake, and you're trying to take advantage of people. And I was like, what just, what is going on? Mm, And I kind of like opened Facebook and there were just all of these like messages and notifications and they were all hateful, all of them. And I remember feeling, cause I'm very, like I'm very energetically sensitive. I just remember feeling all this energy just come and just like hit me. Like I, like I felt like I was in a tidal wave. And so what happened, um, and it just kind of became a tidal wave is that to put it this way, the trolls got the video first and they didn't like it. Um, they didn't like a video that was about a woman leaving a man for no good reason. Um, and you know, according to them, because I said my happiness, because ultimately what I realized was my happiness was important and I need to honor myself. And so, um, things got misconstrued, people made up stories. And so I I just got flooded with hate mail to my website, to my email, all my social media. Um, and it literally, like it it traumatized me. I wasn't ready for this. This, I'm not a famous person. I'm not a celebrity. I've never really sought celebrity. Um, I was just maybe trying to like have a little side business where I could do some paid speaking, you know? Um, Mm. and I, I took it really personally. I really took it personally. Like I, they were all very personal attacks to me because they were telling me how horrible of a person I am. And just, just like so much judgment and hate that I didn't, I really didn't know what to do with it. And so it threw me into a very dark place. Yeah. So that's kind of the, that's what happened. You know, that's what happened there. Um, and it was, it took me, so this went on for about three months of, um, of the trolling. I got death messages, like death threats, like you should kill yourself and, you know, all these kinds of things. And it was really scary. Like people, people even found my current husband who, because I didn't tell the, I didn't tell the rest of the story, which is I've married my soulmate and I met him a year after leaving that marriage. He is a hundred percent my soulmate. Um, 
and, and the kind of love that I think we all seek, you know, still requires work. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of work. Not all magic um, and unicorns. No, it's not. Um, he triggers me more than anyone else I've ever met. But like, they found him. People were like, people got angry at him. People were blaming me for like their parents breaking up. Like really wow. weird stuff was happening. Because here's the thing. And while I just kind of um, allowed all this negativity to just just bury me, what was actually happening that took me a while to see was, um, and then Goldcast helped me with this because they showed me the statistics. And they said that actually they had never had a video have this kind of reaction, not from the negative perspective, but from like the number of shares, the number of conversations, um, the depth of conversation. They've said they never had that happen. Like it was one of their best performing videos, you know, with the the level of engagement. And they were saying that it was like, it was like a hundred to one positive to negative from the reactions and stuff. But if the trolls get your video first, the negative, you know, those comments come up to the top. And mm. so people kind of pile on. And so anyways, so um, what I actually started to realize, even though like I couldn't open my own social media accounts, like I couldn't, I would, I would ask my husband to, and just delete all the negative things. And is that a lot of people wrote to me saying, thank you. Mm. Saying, I thought I was the only person who felt this way. I was so alone. I've been so ashamed. I've been so unhappy. I'm in the same situation. Thank you for being courageous. Thank you for sharing your story. And um, when I was able to start to redirect my focus, and that's just part of my own journey because I had still shame after all those years. I still held some shame around that. And I realized that like, all the negative comments were things that I already told myself. I'm like, you guys aren't saying anything new to me. I've said all this to myself, trust me. Like, and, but I still held some shame and I still tried to protect my ex, even in my speech, which was me still not, you know, really saying like, it was just not a good match. And there was lots of things wrong, but I don't get on stage to air my dirty laundry. I get Mm -hmm. on stage to speak from a different place. And so all of these messages of people, like also asking for help, um, people in arranged marriages, like things that are so far out of my reality, um, I gave them some hope in some way. And when I really zoom out, when I was able to forgive myself, fully forgive myself, because the healing happened when probably about five or six months later, I, I watched the video again because I hadn't wanted to watch. I couldn't watch it. It just, I couldn't do it. And I watched it again and I realized like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, and I was watching myself and I was watching the video and I thought oh, it's a beautiful video. It's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful message. You know, Goldcast did a really good job of editing it. And I have nothing to be ashamed of and I forgave myself and I set myself free as cliche as that sounds, but I had to watch it again. I had to face it. I had to feel all the emotion that wanted to overwhelm me. And I, I just had to let it go because there's nothing to be ashamed of. And 
you know, interestingly, Goalcast, because um, every once in a while they'll repurpose content, right? So it's come out a few times again since. I've never had another message negative. Mm. Wow. Not since I had that moment where I faced my fear and I faced those demons. And um, I don't know, I, I do believe in the, like, the energetic shift that we can make with ourselves when we do our inner work. Um, and it seems like magic, but I'm telling you, like, just, just, just like I, just like my private equity partners found me after I like shook my fist at, at God. Um, I have never had, I have not yet again, had a message telling me how horrible of a person I was after I, I finally like really forgave myself and probably just let all, all of that negativity out of my own system once and for all. Mm, yeah. that. First of all, thank you for sharing that story. I think it is so incredibly powerful because there is a, you know, one side of the coin that we see of fame, of when things blow up, of going viral, and we think it's Mm -hmm. just all amazing. But there is also this other side of it that is really not talked about, especially for someone like, you know, yourself, like you said, you're not like you know, a, a, a Hollywood star where you are expecting this or used to this. And even for those that, um, you know, we see a lot of documentaries that have come out, you know, around celebrities and the struggles they have behind the scene because of the weight of the pressure of the opinions and the criticism. Yeah. And I just love the, the vulnerability in which you are able to now share that story and around really looking at how one, things aren't always as they seem. And two, that it's really important to see how a lot of times the things that we source into our lives, the things that come into our lives, the criticism is really a reflection in a mirror of what are things that we're saying to ourselves that we haven't let go of. And it's almost that thing that is going to keep showing up in your life until you choose to face it and let it go. Like there's just no way around it. We always try to, you know, kind of go around it, but the only way is, is through. And I think your story is such a powerful example of when we choose to love ourselves, when we choose to be ourselves and accept ourselves as we are, that all the outside noise that it was so prominent before goes away because it really is just a reflection of who we are. And there's this whole other side of, of peace on the other side of us letting go of the shame, letting go of the judgment of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even just having like a, like a shield around it. Right. Because, Mm. you know, realistically too, like I put my, my focus, my perspective was on all these people criticizing me and an internal process of, it it was like, I wanted to defend myself, which is like an impossible task. Like, Mm. you, you know, like this is, you know, you just can't do that. But like, but I took it personally, first of all. So that was like a, um, not a mistake, but a lesson. Um, and also that's, that's where I placed my attention was on this subset of people saying all these nasty things instead of placing my attention on the positive. Cause there was way more positives mm. than negatives, but the negative just sticks out more. And you know, partly we're wired like that. Like our brain is literally wired to, to look for fear and danger. And that's like, whether it's physical or emotional or mental, like we're just wired for that. And so, you know, I, I, I just fell into it and 
what, what also helped me kind of like start the process of getting out of it was my inner work. Um, but more than that in the beginning was speaking to other people who had been through something similar and they would say, like, I have some friends that, um, you know, they, they, they're more celebrity than I am, let's say, or they just do this more. And then they all said, it's happened to me at least once always, you know, and I was like, it kind of makes you feel a little bit better, but then it also made me really angry about like, why are people so critical, which was not like a good thread of a path for me to go down because that's like human nature. And you just, you know, I'm not going there, but, um, it helped me to understand again, I'm not alone. This is, I'm not the only person that's happened to, you know, people would always tell me it happened to Brene Brown. She said it in her first, you know, after her first vulnerability video and, you know, and then I thought like, you know, and then I realized like, I can't do anything about it. So I'm not, you know, I can't like, you know, it's kind of like, you can't fight this, this tidal wave. So, you know, get up, get up on shore, get up on a rock, get, get up on shore. And so that shore for me was focusing on the people who were writing to me saying, thank you. Um, focusing on speaking to people who had had similar experiences and letting myself be helped, letting myself be held up by others. Um, and, and actually really like being able to express like, this is hurting me so, so much. And, um, and then simultaneously going through an inner process that it did, it excavated the rest of, you know, the rest of that, that shame. Um, but it's where I placed my focus, which is a really key thing that I want people to hear because had I gone through it before, like if I were to go through it again, it's like, I'm going to be like. Teflon, maybe like 80% Teflon to that kind of stuff, right? I'm going to be like, okay, I know how this works. And so now I'm going to focus over here and I will have a different experience. Um, definitely a different experience, but it, and it did, it really, really taught me a lot. Um, and it took me to a place I needed to go so that when I did decide to start speaking again, um, I was, I, uh, it was a very distinct um, decision to say, I'm going to share my story because I know it helps people and I'm going to do this more often and I'm not backing down and I'm not going to, I'm not going to let this, um, I'm not going to let this keep me down. And so it was a long process to get there, but, but I did get there. And so the authority through authenticity that you saw was a showcase video where you know, I told a different kind of story and, um, but that was my first talk after that video. And so that was, that was about a year and a half after I gave that first talk. Mm, Wow. And I think that's just, you know, such a, a, a powerful way and a beautiful way to, to tie together our conversation and just all the incredible gold nuggets that you shared with us. I'm, I, I know I've learned a ton and I think I can continue probably talking to you for a very long time because you're just so incredibly fascinating. Um, and so for our audience that wants to get to know more about you and your work, mm. where can they find out more about you? Oh yeah. Thank you. Um, so you can find out more about me at adapiaderico.com. Um, I would invite people to go to productiveintuition.com. Um, that's my book and my book has the stories, um, including the story of like the trolling and the video and like so many other stories. And it's really all about finding your inner authority 
and I kind of show and go through all the different ways that you can connect to your intuition because there's so many different ways to do it. And my experience has been in my life that that is like, that is how I find my center is I trust myself because I know that my intuition, my transcendent intelligence, my higher self, all these different aspects to me, they're there. And, and I want people to feel how I feel today, which is super anchored and super aligned. And like, and, and like, I'm the authority of my own life now. And I had to go through a lot of experiences to get there. So that's the book. It's productiveintuition.com. Um, there's a little bit about me on there, but that's where I would really love people to go and kind of see if that interests them because there's so much there that I've learned. And um, writing is actually my favorite way of, of sharing. Mm. That's awesome. And so definitely, you know, our, for our audience, go check out her work. I think it is just so amazing, especially the book that you have coming out to really get to know ourselves and, and our intuition and how do we get to really leverage it in a way that gets to guide us in all of our decisions and the work that we're up to. And so thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Adapia. Mm-hmm. I, I just am so grateful for you, the work that you're up to, and just your personality is so incredibly refreshing and just your openness, your candor, your vulnerability. Um, I just really appreciate it. I've learned so much and thank you for sharing that with, with me and our audience today. And I'm sure it's, it's made a big impact on our listeners out there. So thank you so much. Oh, Paul, thank you so much for having me and for creating the space for people. You're such a light in the world and just so amazing to, to know you and know another light on the path. And so thank you so much for having me. It's just been such a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much once again. And thank you to our audience for joining us once again. And until next time, keep being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. We'll see you next time. The Yes I Can podcast is directed by Paul Can. Executive producers of the podcast are Paul Can, Chelsea Lynn, and Joy Sauce.